Hey. Welcome back to another episode of Veil After Dark podcast. Yeah. Yes. Why do we say <laughs> we, al- we always say like a question? I know. Welcome back, guys. We have a very special guest with us today. Yes. Mrs. T. T. Horning. Horning. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> thank you for joining us. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. So I'll start off with the first, or do you want to start off with the first question? Oh, no. Yeah, okay. You go, you go so um, first question is, tell us about your educational, like higher education um, experience, like what college you went to, what you studied, and how you ended up here. Sure. So I did a managerial economics mm-hmm. and a math undergrad. So I did that at Bentley College back then. It's Bentley University now. That's in the Boston area. And then I did a master's in healthcare admin at Penn State Harrisburg. And then I did my doctorate in business admin um, online through Walden University. Nice, nice. Did you go to med school? Like, no, not med school. I worked in a like hospital. Like services, like healthcare. In the healthcare admin realm, okay. right? Okay. So non-clinical. So okay. no blood and guts, <laughs> just paperwork. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, is it like actuarial science, where you're like insurance, or or more so? If some, because I feel like my mom did the same thing. I can never remember her job so, title. So not actuarial sciences because they do a lot of like risk profiling mm-hmm. on the insurance side. But we yes. certainly dealt with insurances mm-hmm. within healthcare admin. So yes. just the business side of mm-hmm. healthcare. Do you still work with that today? Do you still do stuff with that? Or do you use those skills within your field? Well, it's certainly the skills because it's yeah. all mm-hmm. business, right? And it's mm-hmm. business applied to different industries. Yep. So I feel like right now it's business applied in the higher ed industry yeah. versus in um, a healthcare industry. Nice. Well, let's take it back a little bit and tell us about like where you grew up and like where you're from. Sure. So English is my second language. Uh-huh. Um, Japanese is my first language. I actually was born in Japan, in, nice. at, in Tokyo, and then I grew up in Okinawa, which is a small mm. island, really? very south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So island nation. Yeah. Till I was five. Okay. So nice. we came over here, and we came because my mom's mater, uh, my mom's mother and her stepfather mm-hmm. lived in this area. Mm-hmm. So we kind of settled. They helped get us off the ground, and yeah, that's kind of. How I ended up in Pennsylvania. So are you fluent in Japanese as well? I am not. So interestingly enough, I studied Spanish when I was in school. So I probably can speak and understand a little bit more Spanish, which is my third language, Mm -hmm. as opposed to my first Okay. Have you gone back and visited Japan? I have so not. There's been a lot of hype around Japan recently. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I, know, I know cherry blossom season. Like, yes. There's a lot of tourism mm-hmm. yeah. there, but yeah, it's been nearly 40 years, and I have not been back. You're not 40. No. no, no oh no, no, I'm more. Th- I'm. No, yeah. no, you're not. Yeah. I know. I look like I'm 20, don't I? No. Yes. <laughs> no. For real, we're not even like joking. <laughs> no, it's so funny. I see some of you guys walking around. I'm like, yeah, I could be your parent. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, like, staying, like, within the childhood realm, like, what did you envision yourself doing as an adult? You know, that's interesting. I, when I was little, I thought maybe I would be, like, an NYPD cop. Really? Yeah, isn't that strange? Because I watched a lot of, like, cop shows growing up. Um, So I just thought it was cool to flash the badge and, you know, (laughs) take down the bad guys. Um, then I, I think I had a little stint where I wanted to be a dermatologist and yeah, just different. The skin is just so interesting though. (laughs) Sorry. I just like used to watch a lot of like Dr. Pimple Popper like videos. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? (laughs) No, I'm not even lying. (laughs) A lot of like uh, skincare guru people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's gotten a lot more hype. Yeah. 
because people now are starting to care and be like, oh, oh. there's so many things to help me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool though. Yeah. So when when did you so did you do your doctorate online or did you do your master's online? So it was just the doctorate, and that's mm -hmm. because the doctorate in business administration was very seldomly offered, okay. or it wasn't. It actually wasn't offered at all in Pennsylvania. I don't think at the time. Okay. So it was 2011 ish that I was looking at it. There, I'm sure there could have been programs that I could have attended. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, online was really my only option. I had had my son at that point, and so yeah. I, and still working full time. So oh, yeah, mm -hmm. the online option was flexible okay. in that I could do the work when I could get to the work, mm -hmm. whereas both obviously my undergrad and my master's I had to do on campus. The, the normal, yeah. the normal experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. So I'm just trying to think, how, how have you, with the Brain Center now that you've, mm -hmm. you, you've just had a really big event? Yes. Had the career yeah, and thank you for that. all of your participation. Yeah. And oh, engagement. no problem. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you've helped us so much like so in the past year. How did you feel overall? You know what, it was a wonderful, kind of showcasing of how the LVC community can come together. Mm -hmm. So there were so many offices, so many departments, so many different people involved in making that a successful day. So it's really a campus win. LVC got some publicity, which is great. Actually today, the our friends in Marcom were able to send a link. We were featured in Inside Higher Ed. So we had a nice. little blurb written in there about us, about the expo. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we can get some other publications maybe over the summer. Yeah. We had news stations here, so all the big three, you know, Fox, ABC, and WGAL nice. were here on site on that yeah. day. So it was really exciting to see students being interviewed and featured, and yeah, yeah it was fantastic. That's so good. Yeah. So crazy. I, know, I, know, it, I think everybody had nothing but really great things yeah. to say about it across And anytime that we can like get all these like different places and spaces on campus to come together on one mm -hmm. for, for a shared event. I think that's, that's big. I love that concept, shared event, right? Yes. Because everybody shares in yeah. that. And you're mm -hmm. right, it's, it makes the college community feel like a community. It makes it feel like we're here in it together you know, looking out for each other and making sure that we're positioning everyone for success. So whatever department you're representing, whether it's mm -hmm. our department or whether it's the music department, the advancement team was a huge help, the admissions team, Marcom. I mean, I, I hate to list them individually because I know I'm going to miss out on acknowledging somebody, but truly it was yeah. a campus-wide effort. And I hope everyone felt like they got a benefit out of it. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, thanks. What else were you uh, I was thinking, like, what was the initial concept for the uh, advisory day? Because, like, it was such a big event. Like, how do you go about planning such? So I, I want to give a shout out to all of the faculty here on campus because mm -hmm. what I, from what I understand, the decision to have a specific advising day came from suggestion of faculty. Mm -hmm. So with that groundwork set, um, having some conversations within the leadership, I told them that the Breen Center had previously, and this is before I even got here, they had thought about hosting an all-majors job fair, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I looked at the timing, I thought, well, it's kind of, it, it would be great if we could combine those activities into one day and make it advising and career exploration because we would have the capacity. Students didn't have class, 
right? So it freed you up from other obligations mm -hmm. that you would be able to partake in some of the professional development and some of the job fair type activities that we were hoping to offer. And so it kind of mushroomed from there and it quickly mushroomed because everybody had fantastic suggestions on what else to add and who else to bring on to campus. And it really became kind of the snowball of here's an expo day. Mm -hmm. And it really, I think that terminology, which again, kudos to Marcom because they came up with it, that really captured the sentiment of the day. That's awesome. That's great. Do you have any other events like coming up that you've yeah. been planning? Or that we should be aware of? I know you're plan probably planning something for like the summer again, like for like, you mentioned something. Um, so we have some new programs that we're rolling out. So okay. um, one thing that I think is really exciting is we are starting our first launch of what's called LVC Connect Mentoring. Mm -hmm. So this is where we are pairing some students with alumni for very purposeful um, mentoring sessions that are going to take place in the fall. So we're piloting it oh. this year. Just oh, nice. it's, a, it's a pilot to see how it goes, to learn from it, because obviously you don't want to roll it out to everyone and not be able to manage it. Mm -hmm. So there were just a few students who um, applied to participate in this pilot. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting mm -hmm. because that's another way that we can do kind of cross-campus collaboration, which yeah. is what I'm all about is let's put our heads together, mm -hmm. let's share resources, and then see what we can accomplish. So that's something yeah. exciting that's what happening. What are you looking to accomplish from that? Like, that, like what, how do you, how well, just going and speaking, like I can see it, but like a mentor that is alumni, what do you, what type of thing? So first of all, you mentioned about like that whole shared experience. Yep. So having an LVC alumni provide mentoring to current students, I think they have a sense of where we are, who we are, mm -hmm. what we hope to be. And with that kind of as the foundation, there is a core connection point between those LVC alumni and then the students who are seeking the mentoring. So whether it is simply just to expand your professional network, whether it is to work on a specific skill set like developing how to have conversations with new people or for, with professionals, whether it is to learn just new skills like, oh, tell me about kind of this um, workplace concept of, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And if you want to have a, uh, a mentor who represents your major, maybe that's something you're looking to get out of it. So mm -hmm. there's a wide variety of goals that we kind of structured the yeah. mentoring. It sounds like a support system. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, I think also it, it allows the LVC alumni to stay engaged yeah. with the college mm -hmm. and yeah. just really build a sense of community, right? We mm -hmm. are a small private institution. The thing that we should really get right is a sense of community, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? And so I think just that concept alone, just it, it's circular in nature in that we feed off of each other, feed off of the energy and the enthusiasm, and hopefully through that, it'll still benefit you professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah. do, you, awesome. do you have any thoughts on, on well, uh, where Vail is headed, or do you have any ideas on, on whether or not Vail can sort of become more absorbed through Breen Center, or rather, like, stay away from that? That's a great question. Thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the future of Vail is going to hold. Mm -hmm. And I think um, Vail would be best served by making sure that the department leadership within music mm -hmm. really gets behind um, what the purpose of kind of the whole um, suite of Vail Mm -hmm. products, institute, you know, like all of the things that you guys do, because there's so many 
um, there's the label, there's the conference, there's mm -hmm. the podcast. I mean, there's so much to veil mm -hmm. that I think we really need to take a step back and make sure that the music department leadership sets that vision before any of the other peripheral campus departments get involved. Um, mm -hmm. And that's coming from some of my experience. I like how you said that. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've been on the academic side. So I've taught, you know, so I spent oh. a decade teaching. Oh, what did and you teach? I'm sorry. So healthcare admin. Oh, so, nice. you know, healthcare finance, healthcare quality, project management, all of those things. So, and I've been in department leadership, and it's really important to allow those individuals within academic leadership mm -hmm. to set the tone, to set the goals, you know, to set the direction. And then everyone else then can take that, take that um, leadership and realize it through the partnership with the academic department. But without the academic leader setting that vision, everybody else is, is gonna be a distraction. We mm -hmm. get in the way. Mm -hmm. So we really need to give time for- um, For an efficient process, for yes. the sake of creating an efficient- And not just efficiency, I think it's just for the quality experience, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, efficiency is definitely important, but for you all that are involved in a lot of the Vail work, um, you really need to know what is the vision. You know, you also are part of that leadership too because mm -hmm. you're currently in those student leadership roles right. to be able to give feedback um, to the department leadership to say, here's, have you considered this? Have you looked at it this way? This has been our experience. And give that feedback. It really begins with that conversation. Again, I go back to what do we do well or what should we do well here mm -hmm. at LVC? It's a sense of community and everybody coming together to have that collective voice um, to be heard and to work through differences, not saying that everyone is always going to agree. Mm -hmm. um, but if we can at least get it out on the table and be transparent with what we're thinking, that leads to better kind of thinking outside the box, mm -hmm. better decisions, um, better engagement, you know, better, uh, higher levels of enthusiasm. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow, that was a good answer. That was yeah. a great answer. <laughs> I feel like we talked about this and, you know, not we, too long we've ago. Had conversations, and I think we're going yes. to continue to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, with the like, with the the like department. The yeah. Heads. Well, 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 like, yeah, but like, I mean, like, with what Vale is, like, there's so much to it. Like you said, the podcast, like the records, like the conference, mm -hmm. like we have so many, like, large. Entities. Know, entities that are within the... It, it is important to reflect, look at what we have on our plate right now. What can we keep? What can we, you know, maybe not keep? And, mm -hmm. like, yeah. And Doctors Hefner and Zoik are really going to be critical in driving that, that mm -hmm. vision. Mm -hmm. And they hear us. Yeah. Yes. And, right. It's and amazing. That's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that that's how it should work. Mm -hmm. And, again, w the rest of us in the LVC ecosystem, we can be here as a support when they're ready, mm -hmm. but not until they, they have the a chance. Right. That's yes. right. They, yeah. ha they have to lead the charge. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So this is another like kind of unrelated question, but is there was there any point in your career where you sort of made a leap from being oh I'm just kind of you know don't really not not a hundred percent sure what kind of job I'm going to get to being in a position where you have lots of I'm not going to say power but lots of opportunity and lots of um, networking and lots of like high up position people that you know is there something that like was there a moment where like oh wow this is really I'm really I have a lot of opportunity here. Yeah, I actually, I can answer that very directly. So there had been a, a point in time where I had been a practice manager at a general practitioner's office mm -hmm. in, down in Lancaster County. And I had the opportunity to move from a one kind of practice as part of a medical group, but it's still, I was only responsible for one practice. Mm -hmm. 
um, and I moved into a hospital health system role. So in that role, I had access to not only the entire medical group, but all of these other kind of institutions and entities. And that was such a pivotal experience. Wouldn't trade it for the world. It was long hours, hard work, mm. really intense, mm. but I didn't have kids. You know, I, I could devote myself into developing that role. And yeah, that was, that was an amazing experience because that was the, the first time I ever dealt with a nearly $1 billion budget, oh. you know, dealing with, yeah, decisions on a workforce of 7,000, you know, not that, not that I was the sole decision maker, but, mm -hmm. but, you were but, involved in yeah. but being involved in that kind of high stakes, high volume, high, high uh, expense profile type of business really gave me an appreciation for very difficult decisions that need to be made at higher levels of, of organizations. And that was a huge learning experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What types of leadership have you like gained, like what type of leadership, I guess, skills or like mindsets have mm -hmm. you gained through being like an educator and now mm -hmm. being in a like in a, in a position with Green Center like mm -hmm. you are? Like what have you seen from students that you've liked? What mm -hmm. have you seen firsthand experience what do you what is your take on leadership today in 2023 leadership in 2023 wow that is a loaded question that could be like an entire podcast <laughs> series yeah um okay so number one i would say one of the biggest takeaways that i had myself as kind of an emerging leader up through when i was getting my career started is um, have you ever heard of the Pareto principle like the 80 20 rule oh yes and oftentimes what would happen is we would spend or we would find ourselves being sucked into spending 80% of our time on 20% of poor performers, you know? Mm. So like trying to manage those who just really weren't cutting it and really just exhausting ourselves over them, right? And I quickly learned that that is one of the quickest ways to lose morale and to lose the good employees. Mm. So I switched that and, and this, it's not an original principle, but it was just something that I was forced to kind of come to terms with is I need to spend 80% of my time really trying to focus on the top 20% of performers, nice. building them up, trying to make sure that they feel cared for, that I'm listening to them. And they're the ones that are hitting it out of the ballpark anyway. So you should be investing more in them Anyway. Just, just as a, mm -hmm. yeah, just yeah. as a way to acknowledge their hard work and contribution. So that's one lesson that I took away. I would say in working with students, um, with a, from a leadership standpoint, it's really having high expectations. And I know students don't like hearing that because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, how much is going to be enough? And you're impossible to please. And, you know, I've gotten all of those uh, comments on feedback and evals and things like that. But at the end of the day, those are the students that, when they went on to the next level, they were like, thank goodness, mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Horning made me do this because I, this was a breeze. You know, when I got to my master's level or my grad work, it was so simple because she already expected that level of work. And you and were so, ready to bring that. And oh, yeah. they were ready to bring it. Yeah. And so I think from leading students, it's having high expectations within realistic boundaries, obviously, mm -hmm. but having those expectations because students rise to the occasion. It's just like kids. You know, I have an 11 and a nine-year-old and I expect them to behave well. I, ex I have high expectations for, you know, what they do all around and they are really productive young citizens. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so like, if you expect a lot, people they will be resilient. They will, yeah. they will rise to the occasion. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. 
What, what was the last? I mean, we could all do this, but uh, the last oh. song you have on whatever streaming service you listen to. Okay, yes. I knew you were going to ask this question, and I was actually kind of getting anxious about it because I don't really listen to a lot of music. So I will tell you my my favorite my favorite band. You know why? Because I listen to a lot of like just educational type, you know, podcasts okay, yeah. and things like that. Okay, yeah. so my favorite kind of music band, so to speak, or group would be the Carpenters. Oh, <laughs> Interesting. really? Yes, nice. I love the Carpenters. So wow. pick any any song, you know, most mm-hmm. most of them. Some of them are a little quirky, but yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I had a buddy in high school who was a big fan of them. Oh, I, uh, she just has a lovely voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the, Chris- the Christmas songs are the like really oh, popular yeah. ones. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They, they do get played often, yeah. but no, like, I'm standing on the top of the world, looking yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go next. Um, my last listen to song is Connection by Zane. It's Ooh. a great song, and I love that album. Uh, mine is Grey Seal by Elton John. Love him. Um, I'm listening to Girl Trouble by uh, Twin Temple. Mm. Mm. Nice, nice. A lot of different areas. I love that. So even though I don't listen to music, I did tell Lexi last semester, I did play the violin. So it's not that I'm like anti-music. I I just don't get time to do it. Mm -hmm. So I've done a lot of classical type stuff. But yeah. There's so much time and intention that goes into really appreciating music. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like an understanding it, not just like, oh yeah, I like this, but like understanding like. Why do you like it? But yeah. yes, How yeah. Are you? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh. like I, I, I get, I get why you like podcasts because you're more about sort of absorb. I'm, I'm guessing, not to assume, but I'm, I'm, I assume that you're more like about absorbing kind of important information. Right. Where, like for me, well, I listen to a lot of music because I want to learn like t- production techniques or oh, like lyrical things or yes. just just learning new music in general for me is like educational in a sense but well yeah there's a professional application yeah for you yeah absolutely and in my world the professional application is i need to have a pulse on the economy i need to have a pulse on yeah. what kind of stocks are going up and down yeah. because that is going to give me an, an insight into what industries are hiring or not hiring you know mm-hmm. so definitely Ooh. you just made me think about that <laughs> yeah so do you have any insights on music not what stocks i need to be investing in that's Maybe not insider trading, but no, like... No, not insider <laughs> trading. Just keeping... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say the... So taking it out of the stock markets, because on any given moment, you know, the stocks are going to be up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to be, be on the record as giving any kind of financial no. advice. But yeah. I will say yeah. the one thing that I think young people need to be aware of is that there is a change in kind of the international... Um, understanding of fiat currency, which is like mm. U.S. dollar and things like mm-hmm. that, because you know recently um, Brazil and oh gosh, Brazil and China was it? They decided they're not going to trade um, petro dollars anymore. They're going to go direct yuan to uh, whatever the Brazilian currency is. So mm-hmm. that changes world reserve kind of status for the U.S. dollar, which changes all kinds of. Um, the, the value. Does it change the know. value of the dollar? It changes the, the demand for U.S. Oh. dollars because before what would, have, what would happen is that they would have to convert into U.S. dollars in order for their transaction to go through. Now they're saying we'll just cut the dollar out and we'll just trade in our native currency. So things like that, you, you know, just um, keeping a pulse on things like that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is um, in the U.S., the Federal Reserve is going to be trialing something called the Fed Now 
which is which is a CBDC, which is a um, central bank digital currency. Oh. And so instead of having paper dollars and coins, um, you would have a central bank digital currency. So think crypto, but the difference between crypto and a CBDC is that crypto is highly decentralized, mm -hmm. right? Nobody owns crypto. Mm. Right. Um, whereas a CBDC, you have the U.S. Federal Reserve that owns it. managing it, owning it, controlling it. And so it, there's a lot of like those types of things that I try to keep a pulse on. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I just had a, a conference call this morning with a local uh, financial institution talking about bringing those types of educational content to students because mm -hmm, yeah. I want you guys to be ahead of the curve. I want mm -hmm. you guys to be understanding what's coming down the pike. Yeah, and honestly, like I, I'll, I'll keep it real. Like in one of my night classes with um, a lovely adjunct professor we have now at, that teaches some of our music classes, he sat down and basically was like, "This is my checks and balances after I graduated like college. This mm -hmm. is what things actually looked like," and we were like. Like, we haven't had those kind of baseline conversations, and when it comes to, like, you know, that, that that's just, like, checks and balances for one person. Mm -hmm. And when it comes in, in terms of, like, oh, you're trying to, like, make money, you're trying to, like, plan, you're trying save to... Save for save, something, a house, save, a car, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. life. Like, that, those mm -hmm. are key. That's very important. So I'm glad you said that, because the, the other topic of conversation that I asked this financial institution potentially to bring on campus is... What do you, how do you manage personal finances when you have student student loans? Mm -hmm. right. Like just even a simple conversation. What are your options? You know, and how do you continue to save mm -hmm. but pay off debt mm -hmm. and still have a little bit of money for fun? For you life, know, like, yeah, yeah, for life. <laughs> and so, yeah, those are the types of things that we're hoping in Breen that we can add some value to the students by bringing some regular kind of those types of real life beneficial adulting 101 mm -hmm. topics to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. But then we it's like, all on you guys to come to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We like to think we have it all figured out. And yeah. <laughs> and then we're just like, I'll figure It's more of like, the, I'll figure it out later. I know. And it I know. is later. Yeah, it yeah. is later. Later is now, today. I know. And that that's so tough. Nina and I were just talking on our way up. You know, every every student I know is busy. You've got mm -hmm. clubs. You've got bail. You've got schools. Some people have sports. Some I mean, there's just so much to fill the day. And when do you do a real analysis of wait it's not that far off and mm -hmm. i i do need to plan yeah but to have the bandwidth mentally emotionally psychologically is difficult and mm -hmm. i get that i do get that we live in a society <laughs> of like a it's on our like a go 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 basis of like i need to get this Always done go, this go, done go, this go. done and then there's a lot of Grit that, mm -hmm. people, like, that, that people are just set in, and then it's like, oh, life passed you. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's what a lot of people are scared of, like leaving college. Is like they don't want the next thirty years of their life to be gone so quickly, and then just like, yeah. what have I done? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, are you saying you're gonna bring in like someone to like speak about the financial stuff, like a speaker? We're hoping. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I We're thought hoping. it would be like so, a more professor than like a speaker, but a speaker is fine. Great. Yeah. So cool. during the expo, we had Fulton Bank come and do mm -hmm. credit card car loans and common sense investing. Mm -hmm. And that was a hugely popular session. Okay. Yeah. And so I thought, well, since it's popular, we might have time for one more kind of pizza with professionals that we can squeeze in. So mm -hmm. specifically addressing like student debt mm -hmm. um, and personal finances, like as you're planning to graduate, 
spe specifically for seniors, this would be really beneficial. But even as a junior, you know, like you're planning ahead, yep. mm -hmm. right? And you're thinking about, okay, what, what does life look like? Sorry once I'm out of LBC's mm -hmm. kind of safe campus. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so things like that and yeah, just other types of content that we think Adulting 101, that's, that's we kind of have that mantra in our heads. What do you guys need? What do you guys want? Um, sometimes they align, sometimes they don't. So it's, 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 you know, it's hard to convince you guys to do something that you need, but you might not want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Adulting 101 would be a great class name. <laughs> or just like a, I don't know. I don't know. But there's something that. Get, there's ways to get through to us. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like whenever there's outdoor events, I pull, I pull up. Oh, yeah. Like, if there was like an outdoor oh. adult adulting with me, yeah. like, let's, let's chat. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. Like food and then chat like and an outdoor food. event. I'd be like, <laughs> okay. sure, I'll go. Brain Center staff, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just has to be not raining and not cold. Yeah, not yeah. raining, not cold, or indoors. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. So, I'll just bring up one last sort of I guess dumb question, but <laughs> like if it's I dumb. bring up if I bring up the world economy in, in, in like a frat party or whatever, <laughs> there's like a, a, there's at least like ten guys that will start screaming at me <laughs> saying that the world economy is going to collapse and because of our currency, like no one's because of our like debt, and we're just no one's going to take us seriously, and there's going to be all kinds of stuff. So like, do you just kind of ignore that and just kind of like think about more present? Yeah, I would ignore <laughs> you. Um, what do you mean, like ignore In, their kind of opposition to talking about it? It's more like project, uh, like the projection for for what the economy is going to be like in in the summer or like next year. Like, yeah, I mean, I think we we can't be fearful, um, and mm -hmm. I think we need to be objective about what the facts are. Um, what is the information? Um, what are the what are the financial realities? Right. And I mean, I got to tell you, they don't look great. Um, mm -hmm. And so there, there is some sobering thought that needs to be had. But I think it's, it's not helpful or fruitful to freak out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's understanding where you are personally. It's understanding the context of what could be. And making as best of calculated risks and um, mitigating what you can. And, and having a, a balanced approach to everything. Um, like I said, freaking out does not help, but taking things seriously that are grounded in facts and reality is certainly prudent. So do you mean more of just like you were mentioning earlier, like watching how the stock market affects certain professions and de demand for certain jobs and stuff like that? Is that sort of more what you're, you're aiming for? Well, with? there's a lot of it. So that's yeah. kind of at, um, at a micro level. Each organization mm -hmm. is being yeah. impacted differently. And so you, you keep an eye on that. I mean, I try to keep an eye on that because I can see the risks to certain um, types of industries where you know we may have in the past been able to have a hundred percent job placement rate, and it's like, well, right now, you know, Meta's letting go, Alpha's letting go, um, you know, Microsoft even was letting yeah. go, and so just like trying to keep a pulse on that again, not freaking out, but saying, okay, so how are we going to make sure we're providing the right guidance, providing the right um, outlook, so that students have a realistic understanding of what they're going to be facing and to help prepare them mentally, help prepare their resumes, help prepare kind of how they're going to present themselves mm -hmm. so that they can still be successful, right? Because that's, we're all about helping you guys be successful after graduation. Mm -hmm. So the more intel we have, we can kind of curate 
um, our advice in a way that's going to be most helpful to yeah to each person but from a from a macro kind of world level yeah when you see currencies that traditionally have traded in u.s dollars or everything in like petrodollars was a thing and now you see like some of the geopolitics with saudi arabia Mm -hmm. making different types of um, connections with other countries you you do have to think through like what does that mean on a global scale Mm so yeah, I mean, and there's lots of varying opinions. Obviously, when you talk geopolitics, the second word right there tells you that it's highly controversial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, everybody has their own opinion, and I'm not. I'm not sitting here claiming I'm an expert by any means. I'm just saying I just try to keep a pulse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too for too off too long, at least in my personal life. I kind of lived with my head in the sand. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, politics, please stop. I don't want it. Um, but I've learned kind of the importance of keeping a pulse, not being consumed yeah, and yeah. not, not being so controlled yeah. by it, but at least keeping a pulse because you mm-hmm. have to understand the reality of what's happening in the world around you. Yeah. Um, just so you can make smart decisions for yourself, for your life, mm-hmm. right? I was just wondering, you mentioned earlier, and I didn't want to lose this question. Like, so you said... Based off of, like, um, the economy, stocks, whatever, that kind of area, like, based off of that, how do you know where to put, like, like businesses? Like, businesses, like, you said something about, like, how do you, like, help businesses that when, when the economy is in the right place, something like that? Do you remember that question? When when um, like, like, based on like, trends in the market, what, what will benefit? Like what? Uh, what business needs? More. What an industry needs, or like for job hiring, or for like how a person can like. Not just hiring, but like as like a maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll let that one go because okay. I don't really know what exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I feel, I feel like I it's know what you're afternoon. trying to say, but yeah. my mind is it's blanking. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. All right. Do you have any sponsors? Do you have any sponsors for uh, us? I think coins. Um, mm-hmm. Grandma and Grandpa, and what was the other one? Uh, I was, think it it was it Blue Circle Tax? Logo. We love Blue Circle Tax. Yeah, we love them. We we use Chat GPT. To oh, do you? Fit. Yeah. yeah. Sponsors, yes. Nice. Yeah, nice. Great. <laughs> so let me ask you. So you brought in brought up Chat GPT. How do you guys see that transforming your professional kind of outlook? So we actually, our last episode oh, yeah, was... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, our, it's all good. No, it's yeah. cool, but that's, I, I mean, we kind of came to the agreement that it'll just be another tool for mm-hmm. music production, creation, whatever, writing. And then it'll sort of aid, I think music will be like kind of the last thing that benefits the most from ChatGPT because right now it's just kind of like, very much like a database like it, it, it knows how to respond to questions well and knows it and knows coding oh yeah yeah but it doesn't really have the it, it Creativity. doesn't the developers haven't added enough like to, yeah i guess that but right now it's just text so mm-hmm. so i think i think eventually it'll evolve into my mom works at albright so she's been talking to me about how she's been talking to her students about like how you know, plagiarism is a part of G- ChatGPT mm-hmm. right now and how they can re- regulate that. And we actually had a really good conversation about how, you know, it's like, it's an aid. It's a tool like anything else is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, like, like Google's, like Google. Yeah. It's like Google, but smarter than that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, at least in my work, I, I mean, I'll use it to check my papers. I'll use mm-hmm. it to check 
like it can even check plagiarism for me and it's free so i don't get like ads for it so yeah. i like that and i mean there's a lot of like niche benefits to it if you find it but it it, it could rule the world <laughs> it could, if like, it, if it was designed to if it builds enough or yeah. someone built enough data. I think I that's people are going to become dumb from it. I, 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 that was my thing. Yeah. It's like the creativity, the human creativity. I don't want to uh, to disappear Not just as because. Authentic is, mm -hmm. is yeah. So I have to say, um, one of the so um, the faculty had a kind of a a conversation around ChatGPT and its mm -hmm. uses and applications. And the, the one thing that I brought up, and it's so applicable from a career and professional development standpoint, is there are two things that AI will never replace. And we have to kind of hone in on that. And that's my kind of in my domain, I'm hoping to robot proof you guys, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't want you guys being replaced because mm -hmm. like you were talking about, whether it's creativity or the depth of the content, there is no way that, that AI can really capture that. But the two things is empathy and intuition. Mm -hmm. So we all have this gut feeling, right? AIs don't have gut feelings. All they have is data mm -hmm. and then data mining in order to spit something out. Mm -hmm. And then from a, from a human connection, a relational element, AI can never develop empathy. Regardless of how many scripts you feed it to say, oh, mm -hmm. I, I hear what you're saying. I can mm -hmm. relate. Those are all empty words yeah. without that human connection being behind those words, they mean nothing. A, they mean nothing. Yeah. They're absolutely meaningless. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would just encourage you all, as you think about all of the technologies that are available to you and at an increasing pace, go back to those two things, your intuition, the gut, you know, that you have to make decisions, mm -hmm. uh, to come to conclusions, and then also the empathy, never lose that humanness mm -hmm. um, because that's what makes us unique and special and that's what creates human connection. And human connection is really, it really is what should rule the world, yeah. right? Yeah. Human connection. Yeah. Definitely, I love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about it that way, but that is so true. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> the value of human work is like... Will always trump it, any other... Like, anything else. Yeah, I especially think, AI. Yeah. It freaked me. I remember seeing it for the first time and I was like, wait, is this gonna, is this gonna change everything? And it is yeah. changing everything, mm -hmm. but. But it's know. like more I like in a know. silly kind of way now. Cause people are like, oh, what can I make this thing do? Not like in a, people, a destructive people yet. People really creative with it. I've mm -hmm. watched a few YouTube videos where it's like they'll delve in or like they'll, they'll try and like, they'll do like science experiment things mm -hmm. like where they'll be like, give me the measurements for, or they're like, the, you know, just random stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the other thing is as I listen to some podcasts, those are the types of things I hear also because in the world of AI, a lot of what the output you get is based on the input, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so there is a new kind of class of jobs that haven't maybe been created yet. Maybe there are people that are working on it, but this kind of category called prompt engineer. Mm. And so like creating to, uh, or educating individuals to be able to feed the request to the AI mm -hmm. to get the maximum optimal outcome yeah. from mm -hmm. AI generated content. Yeah. So prompt engineer is probably something, you know, it's been kind of tumbling around in my head. Like what, what are we doing to help prepare you guys? And that applies to all industries, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. one sector. So yeah, those are the types of things that I listen to. So what, what, what did the faculty feel about, how did the faculty feel about ChatGPT? Oh, that? I think you have a range of yeah. opinions, right? Yeah. So, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. Absolutely. And so I think there are some who would love to use it, maybe not quite sure exactly what the application is. Mm -hmm. Some 
already integrated and they want to be ahead of the curve. Some are a little more reluctant because they're distrustful, which I totally get also. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I think everybody needs to explore to the extent that they feel comfortable incorporating, yeah, Yeah. testing out the waters. I've always been an advocate of, all right, well, you push the limits. Like as a faculty member, push the limits, figure out what it is that you can do to get the best results. Mm -hmm. I think I would have been a great prompt engineer. (laughs) You know, push the limits and then kind of reverse engineer the experience for the student. Mm -hmm. So like, what can we learn um, in order to task the student with doing so that the outcome and the learning experience in coming up with that outcome is what makes it a pivotal learning moment. it's about enhancing moment. that learning experience. Yes. Absolutely. It's, it's, yes. it's not about making it easier, but, may, but it's about efficiency. Yes. We are yes. about efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, so. yeah, yeah, efficiency and just like also the, the power of intelligence, uh, like actual, you know, the information that you can get from an AI mm-hmm. is so far beyond the capability of just human beings and Mm -hmm. so just like harnessing that like lassoing it bringing it in Mm -hmm. you have to control it Mm -hmm. but if you can control it in a way that is beneficial to you i think that's fantastic right yeah and and i I was just gonna mention um you're talking about the prompt engineering and that's sort of i'm not i'm not a programmer but i do take um intro to python and Mm -hmm. one of the things i've learned is just that you need to learn the language Because AI has a language and you need to be able to speak to it and Mm -hmm. communicate what you want from, you need input and then you just need to get the exact information you want. And you sort of have to learn how to use chat GPT. It's not just do everything for me. It's like you have to learn how the AI, how, how the AI thinks. Yep, absolutely. Well said. And there were, there were, one of my, one of my friends tried to ask it a question. It was like, it was, a, it was a question about weight, and of course they weren't going to be like, oh, I can't give you the weight of this because it was a person. And they like went around it and like eventually found a way to get them to get it to answer the question. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, like you just got to finesse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah, yeah, ask yeah. it a question, and if it can't, just keep asking until it gets the right answer. In a different way. In a different way. In different mm-hmm. ways, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I think we're, we're just about out of time. Any final words? Yes. Any Anything words you want to sponsor? Words of wisdom. <laughs> well, you all are fantastic. It's been a pleasure seeing you in class, um, putting on that Veil conference and all the extra work effort that you put in. And it will pay off because your leadership skills and just the grit and tenacity that you are demonstrating is amazing. And so I applaud all of you for doing this. Thank, thank you, you for inviting thank me as you. one of your guests. Oh, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. And um, connect with Breen. We are here as a resource. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I actually just had a Breen meeting like a few weeks ago about Fantastic. resume career stuff. And it, was, it was incredible. It was Fantastic. like one of the best meetings I've had. Well, thank you. Make sure you fill out the survey. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. Okay, good. <laughs> After dark. Yep. Bye, guys. Good night. It's 9, 9 p.m. Not even night. Bye.